Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie-Weissman. I'm the editor-in-chief of Modern Retail. And this week, we have David Siegel. He's the co-founder and CEO of Firebelly Tea. We're going to talk about the tea business. I'm excited to talk about his new brand, what led him to launching it, and all that jazz. But David, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Kale. Happy to be here. Absolutely. So first, what led you to launching Firebelly Tea? Sort of, what what have you been up to? Because you have a vast tea background. Am, am I not mistaken? Yeah. Well, I mean, I started a, a tea company called David's Tea uh, over a decade ago, and it did great and went public on the NASDAQ, and I sold my shares in 2016. And I moved on from the tea business. I, I went into the healthy fast food uh, business in Canada, uh, and I'm still a bit involved in that. Um, but... I miss tea. Uh, I love tea. And I continued, tea continued to, continued to fuel me as an entrepreneur. And um, I think that it's still not where it should be in North America. You know, it's the second biggest drink in the world next to water. Uh, yeah, there's a reason it's, it's been around for so long. It's, it's really that good, especially high quality loose leaf tea. Uh, which is what we're trying to to show people with Firebelly, and just North America is a little bit late to the party. You know, it's it's less than two percent of Starbucks's sales is tea. So, I think I think Firebelly is really about trying to get performers, creators, people that that really drive the world forward to realize that hey, you know, that age old saying at the end of your meal, "Would you like tea or coffee?" can really be tea and coffee. You know, we're, we're telling people, look, don't give up your morning coffee. I get it. You love coffee in the morning and you don't need to drink tea on a Friday night when you want to have a drink. Like I like a good drink on a Friday night too. Um, but for an afternoon pick me up, there's nothing better than an incredible green tea. Or if you want to wind down in the evenings, there's just amazing herbal teas. So tea has a place, uh, in your lifestyle and, and it's really, really good. And, and it's time to, you know, you look at other beverage categories and, They've really gotten beer, wine, tequila, uh, you name it. It's really gotten even coffee. It's gotten the quality has gotten better and better as time has gone by. And for many people, they're still stuck drinking tea bags and and you know some of the old brands that that they grew up with on on the grocery shelves. But there's other really high quality loose leaf tea, and there's a whole world of incredible teas that that is theirs to discover. And that's what we're trying to do with Firebelly. Got it. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, so you launched David's Tea, which I imagine most of our most of our uh, listeners have probably drunk at some time. It's, um, I definitely have. Uh, what was what was the initial like sort of idea branding thesis with David's Tea? Because I feel like specific, like you know, it's always about taking whatever the product or or it, taking whatever the product is forward. So what were you trying to do then? And then how has that changed with what you're doing at, at Firebelly? Yeah, totally. I mean, the world has changed a lot since then. So that was 2007. And um, nobody had really done tea in a fun way on the main streets. You know, you had either sort of British inspired or Asian inspired type of tea stores. And you felt like you had to whisper when you walked into them, right? Like it was like you had to know something. It was this club almost. It felt like you really had to be into it. And, it, and they were intimidating uh, for a lot of people. And I think that's part of the reason at that time, tea, you know, I, don't, I still don't think it's much in the mainstream, but it really wasn't in the mainstream then. Uh, and, um, and often these stores were, were off the beaten path, right? They weren't on the main streets. 
And so that was really the premise of David's tea. It was like, look, in, in North America, we call anything you put in hot and cold water that's not coffee tea. Even though, and I could geek out on tea, and I know that's not the purpose of the show, uh, even though tea is actually a very specific plant. It's the Camellia sinensis plant. How you process it makes it different. Uh, and there's a whole art and science to that. Um, but we call, you know, chamomile, ginger, cinnamon, vanilla. You mix all the ingredients together, different fruits, herbs, spices. Doesn't matter if there's any Camellia sinensis plant or not. We call it tea in North America. And so I just realized that it's kind of like cooking. It's like designing clothing. You know, you, there's so many different combinations of ingredients you can put together to create these incredible infusions. And so I, I got into it and, you know, we wanted to give it a really fun, fresh look uh, with bright, vibrant colors and, and really create this sensory experience in a store where people could walk in, they could smell different teas, they could hear stories about tea, they could taste tea, uh, and they could learn how to make uh, uh, tea properly. Um, in this sort of fun environment. And, and, and it worked, uh, it, you know, it, after some early day uh, uh, challenges and having to really build it up, it, it started to catch on and it, and it became very big in Canada and, and, and even had some traction in the U.S. as well. So and it's interesting. Why did you go about the storefront and not just like selling to grocery front? What, what made you want to do that? Well, I think tea is very experiential. I think that, that it, it engages the senses. And I think I think there's two challenges with tea. I think number one, and I actually think many of this still holds true today. One, everybody has it in their cupboard, but it often, they don't drink it. It's, it's you know, most people have some tea lying around from some time in their life where they went and said, I'm going to get into tea. And then they bought tea. And, and often that habit doesn't stick. For many, some it does. I, there's plenty of tea drinkers out there already. But for a lot of people, I mean, there's a reason it's less than 2% of Starbucks' sales, right? The second thing uh, is that there's an intimidation factor, I think, or people don't really know how to make great, high-quality loose-leaf tea. Uh, and, and so the store was, allowed us to be able to start to educate people, number one. Uh, it, it, it drove that human connection. And it also allowed us to engage people's senses, um, which I think are two amazing... And it created this whole experience that, that was, was really fun to be around. And, and especially at that time, uh, it made a lot of sense. Got it. Got it. And actually, I want to back up just for one sure. like, clarification question. So when I make, when I cut up ginger and I put it into hot coffee or hot, excuse, me, excuse me, hot water, that's not tea. That's just ginger water. Well, that's not technically the Camellia sinensis plant. No, but we call that tea, right? You could cut, I've, I've done that before too. You can totally cut up ginger and put it in hot water. It's delicious. Um, <clears throat> but, but tea, tea is, there's actually a tea plant. Got it. All right. So let's go to Firebelly and just sort of when you said you you went into uh, the the fast food, the vegetarian fast food area, and then you've decided to come back into tea. What was there something specific that made you think, "Man, I miss tea"? Was it a hole you realized in the market that you you felt could be filled? What like brought you over to this other side? I started to realize just how many people. I mean, I'm really proud of what we accomplished at David's Tea, and we got a lot of new people into into the product and and uh, enjoying the benefits of tea. But I started to realize, and, and through a friendship of mine with, with uh, Harley, who's, who you've actually had on, on the podcast and is president of Shopify and is my partner in Firebelly, um, Harley was drinking coffee in the afternoons. And he was, he was, I, moved, I moved back to Canada. I, I was in Boston for a while. And after I sold my stake in David's Tea, I became friendly with Harley. And he was uh, a big coffee drinker. And he was complaining to me. He's like, you know, I drink coffee late in the day and I, I feel jittery. I have trouble sleeping. 
and I and I said, I'm like, well, why aren't you drinking green tea? It's it's so good. Like, it, not only everybody knows it's good for you with the antioxidants, but it's also it, it it the energy you get for it is more sustained. It's less of a peak and valley. It doesn't give you the jitters in the same way. Um, it's just an incredible, and not only that, the tastes like of a really good Japanese sencha green tea or or an incredible matcha. I mean, these are great drinks like they've been around for thousands of years for a reason like they're that good and i'm like so i he said oh well set me up and so i started curating these tea collections for him and then i'd have other friends and then he he fell into it and he's like wow i feel so much better in the afternoon after i have a green tea and then i'd have other friends come to me and say what should i drink and i would get i found myself getting just so excited uh introducing people to this amazing product that not only tastes incredible but has so many benefits to it as well and I just loved curating tea collections. And, and um, finally, I, I, Harley and I were, were hanging out together. And, and he's like, you know, you should, we should start, like, you should get back into it and start curating more tea collections. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And, and so Firebelly was born. Um, and I got to work. And, and I mean, it must have tasted thousands of teas before we came up with, with uh, 20 that we have in the collection of Firebelly. And our collection is part blends. So blends would be, um, either a combination of different herbs, spices, or fruits, or a combination of tea, the actual tea plant, with herbs, spices, and fruits. And our blends, something that we're doing that's very different from almost all the players in the tea business. Um, if you look at uh, the ingredient list on most tea packages, you'll see something to the effect of flavoring, or natural flavor, or artificial flavor. And it's just flavors that are created in a lab. And, and um, we don't want to use them. We just think we can get a higher quality product by using the actual ingredients themselves rather than the lab flavorings. So on our blends, we're only using real ingredients. So instead of using vanilla extract, we're going to use uh, real Madagascar vanilla. Instead of using um, bergamot oil, we're using real bergamot, uh, ginger and cinnamon, uh, so on and so forth. So we're just using the highest quality ingredients we can find to make our blends. That's half the collection. The other half of the collection is the more traditional types of tea. So just really good Taiwanese or Chinese oolongs, Japanese green teas, Chinese green teas, uh, incredible Indian black teas. Um, and we'll, those are more rare teas that we'll update seasonally as the harvest comes. You know, most tea, the best teas tend to come out in the spring and you get some that come out in the fall. And we have just such, I've, because of my years in the business, I've developed some great relationships. So I'm able to source some of the best teas in the world. And, and, and that's what Firebelly is about. Um, and so <clears throat> the other thing we did was create a whole new line of accessories from scratch that's modern, that's uh, smart design. I'll show you one here. It's this travel mug that we created. It's really, really cool. It's, you can make hot or iced tea. It's got this inner chamber. It's got two fill lines, one for iced tea, one for hot tea. You put your loose leaf tea in, you fill to the fill line. If you want iced tea, you double the concentration. And this, this stops the infusion through the press. So when it's ready, you just push down, you're done. Uh, and if you want iced tea, you can actually fill the inner chamber with ice uh, and then just push, push down and you have iced tea. And so it's completely leak proof, keeps it hot or cold for hours on end. And so we did this in every category of accessory. We just designed a really beautiful teacup with a great handle, an infuser that has uh, a dish that comes with it so you don't get water all over your desk, teapots that don't drip. We really wanted to design accessories and product that would A, look incredible on your countertop or, or out on display and, and 
we're, we're artistic in the way they look, but also we're really smart in the function and, and, and form so that it, it was just enhanced the loose leaf tea experience. Um, and that's, and that's really how Firebelly came about and, and what we're doing and, and it'll just keep getting better and we'll keep sourcing, uh, more and more great teas and, and, and accessories. What are the price points on the accessories? Uh, I mean, our teacups are anywhere from sixteen ninety five upwards. Uh, teapots are are between fifty bucks, and it's all under a hundred bucks. Uh, the travel mug I was just describing used thirty five bucks. Um, yeah, so the you know to get in, and not only that, when you're buying a tea, you buy you know twenty dollar pack of tea will make you thirty cups. When you do the math on that, your cost per cup is actually really low. So I'm I'm fascinated with launching a you know a line of products concurrently with a line of tea. Sort of how did you figure out what you would go to market with? Did you f- worry that you would sort of be stretching yourself too thin for a go to market strategy where you have like what you know like a f- many SKUs that are products and then other SKUs that are consumable? Sort of how did you go about plotting all of that? I I kind of believe that the key is the product. It starts with the product. Um, you can. Your marketing message, everything's important, of course, but you can have a great marketing message. You can drive trial, but at, when it's all said and done, people have to love the product and want to come back and become big fans of what you're selling. And I really, the only thought that was really going through my head is how, to, because I've been in this business for as long as I have, it's just how do I add value and create the best tea product uh, out there. And, and that's just really where I put my focus. That's what I love to do. I love creating great product. And whether it was the blends where the tea blends where we would, you know, we go back and forth on designing these tea blends to get just the right proportion of each ingredient to get the flavor profile we're looking for, or whether it was sampling all the existing accessories on the market and figuring out how we can improve each little detail to make it that much better. Um, that was really the goal. I, I think, I think that I, I, I wanted to control the entire experience. I wanted to make sure that, that, um, and look where we felt that there was a better product out there, we'll sell it. I mean, there's our, our frother, for example, we didn't create a frother for matcha. We're using, uh, uh, Aero, Aero existing, um, or sorry, Aero Latte's existing frother. It's battery powered. It's handheld. It's great. So, so I didn't feel the need to reinvent anything there. Um, but I think that, that with retail, it starts with that passion for the product and, and that's really where, where the angle we came at it from. And these are all sold uh, exclusively online. Yeah. It's a direct to consumer brand, uh, right now, uh, just firebellytea.com. And, and yeah, our, our plan is, is to, to launch it and get our footing in direct to consumer. What made you decide to do it exclusively online? Was it you know, Harley being Mr. Shopify or, you know, what, what made you realize that you could go from being a, uh, you know, the David's tea in-person experience to having an online only experience for people to discover tea. I, I think that the world has changed a lot since I launched David's tea. Um, selling online has improved a lot. Uh, one thing Shopify has done is created this whole ecosystem that really levels the playing field for uh, merchants to be able to sell. I mean, in 2007, you were limited in many ways. I mean, yes, the people were selling online. We actually launched David's Tea with an online store, believe it or not. Uh, but it was a different world. That was very strange back then. Um, e- e-commerce just wasn't where it is today. And, and your world was very limited in terms of the stores that you knew were the ones in your shopping mall. Or, and you really didn't get many other brands unless you traveled. 
and the brands you knew were at the pharmacy or the grocery store. And now it's all these categories that used to be controlled by either Procter Gamble or, or one of the big players have really opened up and you have a lot of different niche players. Um, the other thing that's changed is we're on our phones a lot right now, a lot more than we were in 2007. And I, I think that's a, a, a really big difference. Um, you know, I'm not ruling out the possibility of opening some retail stores at Firebelly. I think there might be an opportunity down the road, certainly ones that are highly experiential, uh, even more experiential than David C. But I think that retail has changed in the sense that the physical store is no longer the point of distribution. It's the point of discovery. And, and you can accomplish both discovery and distribution online uh, in, in ways right now that, that you, you, you can't as easily in a physical environment. Um, so we just felt that, that it was a, uh, a smarter place to launch and build the brand for now. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. Please stay with us. One of the first things you said when we started talking was how tea is so underdrunk in North America and that it's an issue of education. And so how do you go about doing that education? Is your Do you feel like your website yeah. goes about certain UX things that explain what, how to go about tea and why what we've been drinking now has been crap up till now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, and, and, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's lots of great tea on the market. Uh, um, we're certainly, we certainly didn't invent tea, but, but I, I do think that we're in a, in a unique position to be able to curate some of the most incredible teas out there. And that's what we're trying to do. I think that the tea industry has made it seem like you need a PhD to drink the stuff. You know, it's often like take 1.5 tablespoons of water in 220 milliliters or 6.4 ounces and brew it for 3.32 minutes uh, at a temperature of 87 point, you know, it gets to the point where you're like, ah, this is too much. I just don't want to go through that kind of effort. Um, and really, it's not that complicated. I mean, if you want to nerd out and you want to get precise, you can. And we have, we're, we're going to have that information for you. But the other thing we're going to have for, for most of us that just want a really high quality product is we're going to give you some quick tips. And if you go on our section, there's a pro tip section. Some videos are less than a minute. There's really three things you need to know when you make tea. It's all about the temperature of the water, the amount you put in, and the time that you, you, you infuse it for. As far as temperature goes, you never want to use scalding hot water, ever. Uh, ideally, with most teas, you, you want to let it cool a bit, but with, especially with green teas and, and high-quality oolongs, as an example, you want, the, you want to let it cool to the point where there's no more steam coming off the top. So unless, if you don't have a temperature-controlled uh, kettle, um, just boil your water, take the lid off, and just wait till there's not steam rising from, from the kettle, and then pour it over your green teas. Uh, same thing with green tea. Because they're, they're less processed tea, the tannins release much easier, um, which is the polyphenols, which also has the antioxidants. But if you get too many of those tannins, you get that bitter taste. And some people think green tea is bitter. And, and really, that's just because they either steep it for too long or the water was too hot. So you want to, as far as how long you steep it for, two, three minutes on a green tea, that's it. That's all you need. Uh, about three to five on a new long or a black tea. Herbals, you can go as long as you want because there's, there's no caffeine being released. Um, and, and, and that's basically what you need to know. I mean, and other than that, it's about one tablespoon of tea per, per cup. If you want your tea stronger, I'd add a little bit more tea instead of steeping for longer. And that's kind of, if just those tips right there will, will improve your cup of tea, uh, uh, substantially and getting into that much more detail, you'll, you'll find some improvements being even more precise, 
but the incremental improvements will be less pronounced than the improvements you'll get from scalding hot water and steeping it for oversteeping it versus what I just, I just told you about those quick tips. So we're trying to show people, look, it's not that hard to make a really high quality loose leaf tea. And not only that, with more and more people working from home, it's actually really nice. It could be part of that rich ritual. You know, instead of, of, you know, we call it 320 internally. I mean, take a moment for yourself, uh, you know, every day at 320, go make yourself an amazing afternoon tea and, and just kick back for 10 minutes and, and relax, like take a little break. Um, or in the evenings, the day's over, like spend that extra minute making a tea. It's, it's, it, it's quite therapeutic and, and, and the flavor quality, quality of the tea is, is that much higher. I want to ask, this is sort of a zoomed out question, and just because I'm, I, I geek out about this, but like you mentioned how so much of the tea culture is about the science and people weighing things. And I feel like that's very much a mimicry of like, not mimicry, it's it's very similar to third wave coffee culture where um, like people are, you know, talk about their pour over, they talk about their setups. And that is a very popular North American culture that has risen. Yep. So do you think there's a reason why there hasn't been for lack of a better term, a third wave tea culture of that same magnitude. I think the other reason it, there hasn't been a third wave tea movement yet is that too often we think of tea as a competitor to coffee rather than a complement to coffee. And, and I think that's a key point. Um, you don't have to stop drinking coffee in order to enjoy tea. That's critical, right? I mean, don't have tea in the morning. I'm not telling you have it in the morning. Have it in the afternoon. Have it in the evenings. Um, but don't ignore a beverage that's as old as the hills and that, that is one of the top drinks in the world and that has these incredible artists, frankly, creating these just amazing uh, uh, teas from, from you know, the, the methods. I mean, these, these multi-generational families have like passed down these secrets on how to make these incredible teas. Uh, and, and I just think we're missing out on North America by not drinking more of them. Got it. Let's talk about sort of the launch plan. What, how have you strategized all of this? What was, you know, what were the channels you were trying to hit? You know, I think you mentioned earlier that it was about aligning with, with, I think certain personalities, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, how have you sort of strategized people knowing what Firebelly is? Well, I mean, we're learning a lot. I mean, uh, certainly I am. I mean, we had, a. a a, a big uh, uh, e-commerce business at David's Tea, but it was largely driven by people discovering us in the store and then going to order online. And here, of course, there is no store. So we have to, they have to both discover us and buy it online. And so we started with a fair amount of PR. Um, we've, we've found that, uh, I mean, it helps, but really I, it comes down to the ad game, I think. I mean, you want to have great social media. You want to continue to evolve your message, I believe, but you got to get really good at advertising. Um, you don't have a storefront, you know, if you build it, they don't come. Um, there is no traffic. You have to generate your own traffic. And so, I mean, these are all things that, that e-commerce veterans know. Um, but, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're along with a host of other e-commerce brands, uh, direct consumer brands that we're trying to, to figure out. Um, we haven't started wholesaling. I, I believe in just staying laser focused on one thing to start and mastering it. Um, so we've, we've just really put all of our intention, our, all of our attention into how can we drive trial? Uh, we, we, we waited at the start before we started to scale that because we want to make sure people were, were loving the product. You know, we now have close to a hundred reviews and they're the overwhelming majority of them are five stars. And so, um, we feel really confident about trying to get more aggressive in driving tr- that trial because we believe it's the kind of thing that if we can get you 
uh, to try it and develop a habit around it that you're going to love it. And, and, uh, and of course we'll have, we'll have, we'll be launching subscription too as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think that really is, is the strategy is that how do we get aggressive on getting people to try the product? Cause I think there's a big potential lifetime value if we get people to trust us, uh, to be the curators of, of a drink that they're going to drink every day. So what are the channels that are converting the best right now? Uh, I still think Instagram is, is, is king. Uh, TikTok, of course, is coming up, and um, but but in terms of pure conversion, uh, Facebook still is on top. It seems to me. Um, I, I'm not an e-commerce. I'm not a direct consumer expert. I'm 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 a tea guy. I'm a product guy. I'm a merchant. Uh, I'm certainly learning. Um, but but it, it does appear that they still, uh, as much as you have other up and coming channels, they still are the the main channel where people uh, discover. Got it. And are you, what are you doing in Instagram? Are you doing, you know, influencer stuff? Are you just posting your own sort of what, what are the, I, the I don't, I, I have, I mean, yes, we are, we are absolutely open to working with influencers, but I, I find that the value proposition from influencers is, is can sometimes be uh, not there. Um, you know, you, you, I think that if you're going to pick, if you're going to work with an influencer, the best way to do it is to gift them first and have them genuinely love the product. You know, when an influencer posts and it's hashtag ad and you get one story uh, in, in a 10-story in a series, it's, it's very fleeting. I just, you, don't, you don't move the needle enough. And they're coming up with these prices that are totally arbitrary. I think for influencers to work, it has to be a bit more authentic or, and or probably, you need more consistency around it. It can't be something they just post once and that's the end of it. Um, so, so we're, we're, you know, we're open for business. We, we love, we love working with certain influencers and, and, um, but you know, we like to build up the relationship rather than coming in there and, and throwing a lot of money at influencers out of the gate. Uh, cause you, at the, you know, you need to see a return on these things. Absolutely. No, I feel like it's still, people talk about how influencer is the number one way now and it's less of the wild west, but I still think depending on the product, it is. It seems very hard to show a return on investment and very often it does feel inauthentic with, so, you know, it, it all depends on what the product is, what the relationship is, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it's not a, it's not a bullet. It's not a silver bullet. I mean, the best influencers I think I, I, is not the person with 20,000 followers. It's, it's getting 10 people with 200 followers who genuinely love your product, who are regular people who start posting about it. You know, I mean, that's, that's the most influential thing I think you can get uh, in many ways. And, and, and that's the best indicator of a healthy brand, I think too. Are you doing anything on TikTok right now? It feels oh, like, absolutely. That, like food is, so tell me what, like, talk to me about, you know, it might not be converting as well as Instagram, but I think that that's such an interesting place specifically for food and drink because people can do quote, like it's, it's yeah. less varnished. It's also a lot um, of fun. It's great. No, we've yeah. been, we've been doing a, a lot on TikTok. Um, our content is, is, I, I mean, I love it. Um, a lot of, a lot of different, uh, um, on reels as well, of course. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great way to showcase our product, uh, the, the feel, the sights, the sounds of, of tea, how you make it, um, when, in what context you would drink it. And it really lends itself to a lot of different creative, um, uh, iterations of that. Got it. And so let's talk about the, 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 the physical product side of things. So do you have like a target in place for like what you want your, 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 the physical products to sell compared to the tea? Or do you have, is there, are you noticing that a lot of people who buy your tea will often buy a tea kettle as well? Sort of what's the interplay and what are you, what are your goals with that? Well, I think, look, I mean, 
I love all our products. They're all really high quality and, and I, we put a lot of time and energy and, and money into creating them. Um, but I think that there are a lot of players in tea and it's about trust. And with our accessories, what's interesting about them is you might be buying tea from um, somebody that, that, that you really like and, and maybe don't want to switch yet. Um, but all of those smaller tea players, odds are they have not made the investments to create uh, just incredible smart accessories. Uh, that takes a lot more energy, uh, um, a knowledge of, of supply chains, a deeper knowledge of, of, of tea and how to, how to make these accessories. And so often they're buying from existing wholesalers like a Bodum or, or, or another player. Um, whereas we were able to really uh, create, I mean, that, that travel mug I was showing you, um, it's the best one on the market, uh, hands down. And I, and I really stand by that. So I think that that is an opportunity for us you take your best product, the one that you think you have a, a, a real, real, the strongest competitive advantage, and you pair it with your tea. So, you know, we, we may get aggressive on trying to say, hey, look, get these accessories because you're local, you know, whoever, not even local these days or, or, you know, whatever small tea player or large tea player that you're buying from, you're buying twinings your whole life, let's say, and you love twinings. Okay, fine. But you want a really good travel mug. Twinings doesn't make travel mugs. We do. And, and so try our travel mug and we'll throw in some tea with that maybe. Uh, and then you'll try our tea as well. So I think that, that, um, look, I mean, we're right now we're, we're selling more tea than accessories and that's, and that's common. It's, it's usually that way. Um, but, but, um, I think our accessories are, are truly unique in the marketplace and perhaps an opportunity for us to gain that trust with the customer so that they start trying our teas. And, and I have no doubt they're going to realize that, that we got some really good ones there. So, like, you launched the brand. Uh, when did exactly did it launch? La- late last year, right? Brand launched in in uh, first week of November. What are the the first you know three month learnings, first quarter learnings that you have now that are going to inform your decisions for the rest of twenty twenty two? Well, they've in many ways informed our our product roadmap and our marketing approach. So, we're learning that people really want to understand the benefits of drinking tea, and that's something that's informing our creative. Uh, the other thing we're learning is that people want to try. Uh, a bunch of teas. This is not a huge surprise, but it's just been confirmed. They want to try a bunch of teas before they select one that they buy a bigger quantity. And so our, our samplers, we have our three tea samplers have been doing quite well for us. Uh, so we're going to take that concept and we're going to do a, uh, our best, our top 10. So we'll do a top 10 seller's box. So you can try even smaller quantity, but of more teas. So you have a better chance of discovering the ones that you like, because of course there's personal taste involved with what you're going to like or not like. Um, I would say those are the two biggest learnings. The other thing is we want to start to introduce um, some some uh, creative elements to our accessories. So, for example, our teapots, we sell them in white. Our big ones, we sell them white and black. Um, but we're looking to do some artist partnerships. We have an incredible artist partnership coming out in uh, the fall um, with this amazing artist out of New York. And he's designed this this pattern on the teapot. And it's really, really cool. Um, and I think that's an exciting thing for the brand. We also want to create a, a higher end version of our box for our spring collection of rarities that we're going to be launching in the spring uh, that are just the highest end green and oolong teas that we can find. Um, so, so yeah, we've had, we've had a few learnings, but again, only 12 weeks in and, 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 you know, we'll learn more as, as it goes. And uh, we're also excited to introduce customers to a subscription program because once they discover what they like, you know, we can incentivize uh, to get it delivered on a regular basis.
So those, you know, those product and subscription things are on the horizon. What's going on in terms of distribution? You said maybe a store, but that's clearly not not probably this year. But like, are you thinking of wholesale or are you thinking of even Amazon? Would you ever sell on Amazon? No, I don't think we'd sell on Amazon. Um, but but we uh, we absolutely will start to wholesale at some point. I don't know. I'm not in such a rush. I I really believe in trying to master um, one thing at a time, and I think. We've had a, a lot of learnings from the product that we're making small iterations to improve it, uh, the marketing and even the distribution to your point, you know, we really want to get to be best in class and direct to consumer. And so uh, we also need to to get stronger in, in, and more efficient in our, our distribution as well. So uh, we're just going to stay laser focused on that. We believe we can go pretty far with just direct to consumer. And, and I'm all, I'm all for retail and wholesale and, and certainly the long-term vision is to be, is to, to impact, is to get as many people as we can drinking tea. I mean, that's really what this is about. Uh, we want people to drink really high quality tea. I mean, that's, that's our, that's our jam. And so, um, you know, but to start, I think we're just going to stay focused on, on our direct consumer game. All right, David, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Kel. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.